Ladies and gentlemen, grab your drinks and popcorn. Terry's feature is about to begin. Welcome to Celluloid Codswallop. Hey there, Salty Tadpoles. Welcome to this week's episode. This is a little editor's note to say that unfortunately on this audio there is a little bit of clicking and popping. And now the reason, I can't blame James this time, it was me. I went out and decided to buy myself some new headphones because, you know, I need them for editing and recording and whatnot. Uh, If you familiar with podcasting you know why and um yeah didn't realize that the headphones that i'd actually purchased had a microphone on them so basically what was happening with the audio and we couldn't hear it at the time was that my headphones were trying to take over on the audio as well as my actual microphone that i use so yeah Basically, it's uh, a lot of love gone into this episode, but as much as I've tried to get rid of the clicks and pops, I can't really get rid of them. It doesn't really detract from the episode, but I just wanted to leave a little editor's note to say that I I did try and you guys probably won't even be bothered by it. Probably not as much as I'm bothered by it because I am very OCD when it comes to editing. So um, I mean, sometimes you wouldn't believe it because, you know, I just say um all the time. But, you know, I do take a pride in this podcast and I just wanted to let you guys know that if you're an existing listener, you kind of know this. But if you're a new listener and you're listening because of the title of the show, then it is still a really good episode and you're really going to enjoy it. But I have got that little thing, which is frustrating. But there we have it. We can't have everything in life. And like I've said in previous episodes, imperfections sometimes are perfect. So, you know, and I'm just saying that because if this was James's fault, it would be a different story. I'd be having a right go at him right now, but I can't because it's my fault and it sucks. It really sucks. But there we have it. So here is the episode. I hope you enjoy. Bye.
Hello and welcome to this week's Halloween spectacular based celluloid codswallop. Uh, and as my, my ghost, or, you know, I would say guest, but as my ghost this week, I am joined by the wonderful Gemma Williams, who don't get too excited. It is the, it's, I've not got some, some strange spooky Gemma, or have I, in the form of, uh, the wonderful creator of Talking Codswallop. Gemma, how are we doing? Ooh, I am the ghoulish Gemma. That I will not disagree with. No, I don't think I've ever been introduced, first of all, by my complete full name. Or, yes. yeah, or, um, I mean, not complete full name. You missed out my, set, my middle name, but, you know, you probably don't know that. No. But, um, yeah, and also, yes, you're... you're <laughs> A lovely intro, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Thank you ever so much. <laughs> well, well, uh, Tadpoles, this could all be downhill from this point onwards because it's been a complete battle to put this one together. And it was even a battle this morning just pulling things together, things not working and health things and whatnot. But yeah. we are here now doing our best. So we, interesting, we're reviewing a film that is quote-unquote cursed or meant to have some sort of curse around it. We're yep. thinking it's cursed the podcast as well. So from a hell, uh, Halloween, Halloween standpoint, we are looking at reviewing the 1994 film The Crow. Uh, it is a quoted as being a superhero film, a, a kind of early run on superhero films for the 90s. Uh, and it has obviously very much uh, a mystique around it in relation to uh, the character of uh, someone being brought back from the dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also has a... Uh, a, a well, a tragic backstory, not only in the story of the the crow, but in the creation of the film. Yeah, uh, the film starred uh, Brandon Lee, who unfortunately uh, passed away uh, in the process of the film being made. It also has Ernie Hudson and and Michael Wincott. So, Gemma, I always like to try and discuss a little bit of backstory. So, how did you come to this film? How did you know about it? Well, I was actually going to say before, uh, if if I can put my editing hat on quickly, mm-hmm. <laughs> or my co- you know my host head on, um, I was actually just going to quickly read um, an article that I found, mm-hmm. um, which actually for anybody who doesn't know about the death of Brandon Lee, then um, I mean, where have you been? But uh, <laughs> if not. Um, I found this article that I thought was actually quite interesting. So I thought maybe it would be quite good at the beginning of the show, but I'm not please the host do. of this episode. No, so. please do. Please okay. tell me. So, but, but before you do it, just to go into that, the character mm. within the film that Brandon Lee plays is a, uh, is a musician called Eric Draven. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, uh, well, I will let you explain, but it's a bit, of, it's almost a, a sad moment of, you know, art and life mirroring one another. So please tell us what happened when he was making the film. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, so this article is from the Scotsman, um, just to give them a little bit of credit. Um, it's a, it's a headline reads, Brandon Lee death cause. Um, how did Brandon Lee die? What happened on the set of The Crow? And then they obviously carry on to say the same thing as always. You know, we read stories all the time. The only son of martial arts expert Bruce Lee, California-born Brandon Lee, had mirrored his father by training in martial arts while he also studied acting and was a fighting choreographer. 
Although his acting career was tra- tragically cut short, the Oakland native had already starred in hit movie Legacy of the Rage, where he played a role of Detective John um, Morata, I think is how you say the surname, alongside award-winning Dolph Lundgren. Basically, he was 28 when he actually started playing the role of Eric Driven, who is the the crow, so the main character. The Crow, which now has a large cult following, sees the plot centred around a murdered musician played by Lee, who is resurrected to avenge the deaths of himself and his fiancée. The film grossed $94 million at the box office, despite Paramount Pictures deciding to opt out of the distribution of the film following the death of the star. Let's see if we can actually find out where he died. Right, okay. Because uh, <laughs> this is like giving a history of the stuff, but this is, uh, you know, we wanted to hear the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lee was amidst the filming of the scene where his character, Eric Driven, is shot by a gang member who have, uh, who have forced him to witness the murder of his fiancée, Shelley Webster. In the scene, actor Michael... Massey, who stars in another comic book, in other comic book films, including Catwoman. So there's our uh, DC link there, you know. (laughs) Sorry, I'm doing flashbacks to Catwoman. (laughs) The Amazing Spider-Man and Avengers, playing the role of Funboy, fires a 44 Magnum Smith and Western model 629 revolver at Driven. Is it driven or driven? It's neither. It's draven. Oh, because it's D-R-I-V-E-N. So. A-V, draven, D-R-A-V-E-N. That's a, a bad spelling, I think, from whoever's written the article. Ah, okay. Well, there you go. I apologise for saying stuff wrong. I did think it was wrong because yeah. I thought that it was Scotsman. Draven. Scotsman, article writers, you failed, <laughs> failed miserably. Hang your heads in shame. You assholes, making me look yeah. stupid. <laughs> so anyway, Draven. So, uh, yes, yeah, so a revolver at Draven <laughs> from approximately 12 to 15 foot as he walks into the room. In a previous scene, the exact same prop gun had been used and was fitted with dummy cartridges, which are said to look more realistic on the film. Who cares if it's more realistic at this point, but there you have it. I mean, obviously it's too late now anyway, but uh, commercial dummy cartridges are usually fitted with bullets, although powder and primer are removed. However, catastrophically, in this instant, the prop crew took the decision to make their own dummy cartridges, thus removing the gunpowder, but been known to themselves, leaving the primer still in the cartridge. During the filming, the uh, the revolver, (laughs) revival would have been a good thing, actually. The revolver was then discarded with an improperly deactivated cartridge in the chamber of the gun. Sadly, this meant that the primer was set off with enough force to drive the bullet into the barrel, where it became stuck, also known as a squib load. Tragically, the prop crew either failed to notice or perhaps didn't recognise the significance of this issue. In the scene 
which proved fatal to Brandon Lee. The revolver was fired at Lee from a distance of 12 to 15 foot as planned, although the dummy cartridges were swapped for blank rounds, which featured a live powder and primer, but no bullet. Devastatingly, this meant when Massey fired the gun, the bullet which had been trapped in the barrel, was fired with virtually the same force as the gun which had been loaded with the live round. The shot hit Brandon Lee in the stomach and forced the 28-year-old actor to fall forwards as opposed to backwards, which was obviously in the script. While on set, crew originally believed that he was still acting. The magnitude of the accident soon became apparent and he was airlifted into hospital. He underwent hours of surgery at the nearby hospital, but was confirmed dead on March the 31st, 1993. Lee's death was ruled an accident due to negligence, while Massey, haunted by the accident, moved away from acting for an entire year and until his own death in 2016, cited he would never watch The Crow, which was released in 1994. So there we go. That's that's the end of that. Yeah, it's a very. I mean, it's interesting because it also shows we, you know, we most recently had a sort of shooting incident with the prom on the Rust film that was yeah. being made with uh, Alec Baldwin. Uh, it's yeah, it does. It gets very. It, it shows how dangerous, uh, even with all the precautions that can be put in place, all the things that are done, you have to be very careful because things go wrong. Um, and it's also interesting that within the film you see elements still of the scene. Uh, where he got shot. I don't think they had to use the exact moment of his, his death. Obviously, that would be a bit too much. But you see the the scene uh, it, still within the film. And it's interesting with regard to what happened that this is one of the first really early films where they use CGI to 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 like use images of him to be able to reinsert them in the film so they could finish it. Mm. Um, now, interestingly, when his father died, I, 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 forgive me on what the film was, but they had to use some sort of other uh, body doubles and things to, to complete the film that he'd, uh, you know, died before he got to, compl- to to finish it off. So there, there is an element of, uh, uh, you know, of, of a mir- uh, unfortunate mirroring there. Um, yeah, but th- and. Thank you for obviously giving us the information on that, Gemma. To go back to my earlier question, how did you learn about the Crow film initially? Is this one of these things that you just that you just kind of like by osmosis found out about, or what's your history with watching it? Yeah, I I actually just stumbled upon it. Um, mm. I think I probably found it in like I don't know when Blockbuster was still a thing, you know, like in a bargain a bargain bucket, and I sort of looked at the imagery of the case, and I was just like. That looks good and I'll you know I brought it sort of thing um so I didn't really have the history the knowledge of um what the film you know was about obviously I could kind of work out what it would be from uh you know well uh, no not really because the title doesn't give it away does it no, no. but um yeah so I, I think it's one of my best 
uh, freak accidents, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I interestingly found about the, the the way I first found out about the crow was one of my friends at school was heavily really. I think I don't know if he if he knew the comic book it came from, but he was heavily yeah. interested in the film, and he had always mentioned to me that it was worth watching it, worth watching it. And I I saw it when I was at university. I was like, hey, this is quite an interesting uh, interesting film. And I remember watching it and, and enjoying it because when you watch it obviously it looks putting aside what the the, the tragic situation what happened with brandon mm. lee it's a, it's an interesting film to see so it's set around halloween yeah. uh and obviously you you touched upon the fact that you know uh, eric draven and his fiance uh they're attacked by a gang his fiance is killed he is obviously then killed and then um it is a situation, you know, Ernie Hudson's character, who's Sergeant Daryl Albrecht, uh, is investigating, is aware of what's happened. Um, and at that point, obviously that, that's it. That's for the murderous happened. It's awful. It, it's terrible. Um, interesting though, uh, a year later, uh, Eric is brought back from the dead by a crow on his gravestone. Or what I will say, and I'd like your view on this for a guy who's been in the ground for a year, mm-hmm. he looked, pretty fresh (laughs) (laughs) he did he looked pretty fresh and he looked pretty fucking hot as well to be honest pretty sexy okay Uh, if if he is he is a handsome you see it in a different light to me but he he was a handsome man so i can i can see why that is but yeah he's he also has all his eyes and things intact (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's literally like no limb or anything you know hanging off but then he's in undead isn't he so um, that's true you know he does have the scars from his shooting, doesn't he? I think if memory serves yeah. me. You can see his wounds. Um, but he obviously has to go back. I mean, he's, he finds clothing, things like that. He's very lucky in that respect. Uh, he also, well, you know. Well, the crow finds him clothing, technically. Well, that's true, yeah. He finds him shoes, yeah. I think, doesn't it, or something. Yeah. But yeah, because well, he goes back to the, the wrecked apartment that he, he died in and he finds clothing and uh, uh, a, a, luckily still in a cupboard to put on he also puts on uh, makeup i'm glad he wasn't sued by kiss because uh, <laughs> <laughs> he puts on white makeup uh with black eyeliner and decides that he's going to go and take revenge and one of the coolest things that i like that when he's going round is that he has like second sight doesn't he uh, yeah. because he can see what the crow can see so when he he gets into a fight with uh one of the uh, the, the guys who like throws knives. Um, cause uh, what I find interesting is Eric can get hurt, but he heals. Yeah. So you can, you can beat him up and it uh, damage him, but he will heal because I only get shot. His wounds heal. Uh, but he's fighting a guy who like never misses with knives. Um, but then he basically, uh, I think the guy was called Tint and he gets revenge, doesn't he, by just stabbing and slicing him up. Yeah. Uh, just which before is really we. Cool. I was going to say just before we move on to that one as well, because when he's actually in his apartment, <clears throat> frog in mm-hmm. the throat, sorry, when he's in the um, apartment, he starts getting flashbacks of everything that's happened as he well. Does, and that's quite yeah. an emotional scene, isn't it? And mm-hmm. how did that cat survive a year? <laughs> oh yeah the, the the cat yeah i forgot about the cat yeah it's like that girl didn't bother to go back to see if the cat was alive you know kind of thing just well i mean obviously you know because we haven't mentioned about sarah yet um because mm-hmm. sarah was a girl who um he wasn't she wasn't any relation to eric or shelly um mm-hmm. but yeah they kind of just looked after her because she her mum was uh 
a useless junkie, wasn't she? So, mm-hmm. yeah. But it's just the fact that that white cat was still lovely and fluffy and white <laughs> after a year. It didn't look like it had been out on the road, you know, picking up food. It just it just managed to survive somehow. <laughs> It's true, yeah. And actually going back to the flashback scene where they, they put the stuff together to show what happened, it's kind yeah. of like Eric, Eric sees his whole death. And yeah. it's had this the, the cool moment where he remembers being pushed out the window, very uh, 90s special effect point there, yeah. uh, where he sees himself out the window. But then he grabs and like does a swing, yeah, cuts his, his hands, but then sees that he can – that's when he obviously kind of first learns that he can heal. Yeah. Um, which is a really cool thing, but yeah. And then you see the, the, the gang who've been involved in killing them. One of them, for some reason, has a thing about swallowing bullets. Don't really understand why. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You'd want to do that as a drinking game. But. I think, I think that was just, um, yeah, I think that was just to prove how. He's kind of <laughs> hardcore they were, you know, kind of thing, but also idiotic. Um, hardcore, yeah, hardcore yeah. or stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they, uh, yeah, because it sort of like cuts to a bar scene where they're all sat around and they're all, you know, happy because it's devil's night, isn't it? So it's the night before Halloween and um, they're just you know, they're drinking these shots and they're all doing different ways of uh, swallow- swallowing these bullets. One's putting a cigar out <laughs> on his tongue and it's because they're so hardcore and dangerous and angst and, you know, like all these stuff, you know, kind of thing. And just to show how real badass they are, but actually they're big fat wusses. Yeah, the, the, um, the dumbasses, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. And if it wasn't for the head guy who we haven't got to yet, but, mm-hmm. you know... um, yeah, if it wasn't for the, the that guy, then um, yeah, they would be they would be mere criminals, you know, kind of thing. It's mm. just yeah, they're they're governed by a uh, a chief, so to speak, aren't they? So, well, and um, one of the things I like on this film that I find interesting that so makes me laugh is that I can imagine back in the day if you're watching this, you'd be thinking, do I need to turn turn the contrast up if you're watching it at home because it's incredibly dark. The way yeah. it's shot, <laughs> it's very atmospheric. It's I don't know if he's trying to go for a Batman-y style vibe, uh, which you could probably imagine there would be around the time because it's of you know that that was kind of the the, the prominent superhero yeah. uh, that was around at the time. But it is it's interesting uh, to see that. But yeah, it's a, it's a it's a these are kind of like really good visuals. Then obviously you know the as we were saying, the, I think it's the Tinkin character, isn't it? Yes, yeah. he he. Uh, Am I right in thinking the the coat he has is was Eric's coat, the long coat? Because he ends up that becomes quite a thing of his image, doesn't it? When he takes it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if it was originally his coat or if it was just the fact that he wore it as like a um, badge of honor that he yeah. killed that guy, you know, kind of thing. Um, uh, yeah, or I'm he not... just he just likes it and's like, I'll look like more of a badass yeah. <laughs> if I wear a long leather coat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't. Re- uh, yeah, I really can't remember if that was originally his or not. But um, yeah, it, it definitely. But definitely, to be honest, he did look more of a badass with it on. So you know, <laughs> Brandon Lee can't do anything wrong. <laughs> I, I, I do love the fact that he has like really. Co- he suddenly develops like really cool knife powers as part of uh, what happens after you've uh, yeah. <laughs> been brought back. You know, he's managing to throw knives and stuff with with no major problems. I was going to say was because after the um, knife scene, which was which was really cool. Basically, that uh, Tintin ends up 
uh, getting stabbed with all of his knives, um, which mm-hmm. is amazing. You know, the graphics in that is not graphics, but the, you know, the action part in that, that was uh, really well done. Um, and then the signature crow gets uh, left on the ground. You know, oh, no, it was um, it was drawn on the wall in blood because mm-hmm. um, every time the, the crow attacks, which <laughs> I've got a confession to make. When I was watching this, ep- uh, when I was watching this um, uh, film, before uh, you know, my my brain is clearly a little bit on the fourth side at the moment. <laughs> that yeah, when the crow was actually on top of the um, uh, on top of the tomb, you know, not tomb, sorry, but you know, the gravestone, oh, the grave, yeah. Yeah, I was going, oh look, there's the raven. <laughs> Well, different species family sort of thing, but... uh. (laughs) Yeah, so I was like, oh, you are so stupid. So I thought, you know what, I have to tell people. Um, Yeah, don't keep things to yourself when you're stupid. You know, you have to tell people. But the scene after that is um, he then goes to the the shop... um, well, there's a sure. club as well. There's a club which gives you, which the you, you then cut to where all the bad guys hang out. And it also, interesting, the wall has a picture of Eric's band when he was alive, which is like strangely signed. So they must have been, must have been reasonably shit hot for people because there's yeah. a picture on the wall. And you see where all the bad guys are hanging out and they're just a really horrible, skinky, vile bunch. But yeah, Eric goes to uh, a pawn shop, which That's is it. run by one of my real, uh, the late great John Polito, who's like one of my favorite actors. I know him from, he was in loads of stuff I love, like The Big Lebowski and The Rock Tea. And he's playing a, a rather, would that consider him a bad guy? Possibly not. He just seems to be doing the best he can with the stuff. Yeah, it's a uh, bit of a shady character, I suppose, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, because he's got, uh, He's got, uh, what would it be? Uh, I've gone blank. What was she The wedding, uh, the engagement Shelley. ring? He's got Shelley's engagement ring, hasn't he? Mm. Um, which is what Eric's hunting for. Uh, and basically he, he gets all the stuff. I mean, it's a very well put together scene. Um, so he, he manages to find a load of rings. Eric puts them in a shotgun, uh, after sort of trying to get information from the pawnbroker stabbed uh, his hand yeah he does he does he's he's he to get his response he stabs his hand uh leaves him and then departs with the uh the common of is that gasoline i smell yeah uh, and then fires a sh- fires a shotgun that he's got that he's found but he instead of firing bullets he fires rings now i'm pretty sure <laughs> that if he, this had happened i'm sure the shotgun would probably have exploded in his hands because <laughs> i can't see penultus projectile um <laughs> rings like that yeah, I'm not really sure on the, the again, I know nothing about guns, so it's probably yeah. earlier when I was reading about guns, um, I was probably pronouncing certain things wrong. But um, yeah, I absolutely know nothing about guns, so unfortunately I can't really help you there, James. Sorry. <laughs> but, but, but visually it looked good, didn't it? It was an interesting, an interesting thing to see. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, and obviously dealing with all this, you know, stuff, I mean, it could be a Nick Cage film, shit's blowing up and setting on fire. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> and then, of course, Ernie Hudson is trying to, is, as the police officer, he's trying to, to, to work out what the hell's going on. And he sees Eric 
And of course, Eric is trying to say, like, he's trying to remind him of him, isn't he? And he's saying, well, the guy's dead. It's not, you know. It can't not, be him. It can't be him, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so logically. I also noticed when I, I did find something that did stick in my memory from that scene that I thought was really odd is his badge wasn't there. <laughs> On his uniform, which I thought was a bit of a str- strange thing for a police officer. Okay, I didn't notice that, to be honest. I think, because he was demoted, wasn't he? Mm, but he his was- entire shield was missing on his jacket. You can see where it's supposed to. I remember looking thinking, that's interesting. <laughs> is he really oh. a cop, or is he just wandering around? <laughs> Unless, of course, he wasn't on duty at the time. Which yeah, may possible. I don't know. He was. Uh, there were other officers with him, so who knows? Could have just been a, a costume department oversight. Yeah, it could. It could just simply be that we could be looking into things that are um, unnecessarily unnecessary, <laughs> unnecessary kind of thing. But um, yeah, it, it yeah it definitely did seem because um, well because he kind of was off duty, wasn't? Because he'd um, mm. met up with Sarah to get a hot dog, hadn't he? Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, well, maybe, but yeah, I did find it just an interesting thing. So it cuts to him obviously trying to look out what on earth is going on. We've seen our lovely skeevy, uh, disgusting bad guys, and um, drugs play a prominent part in this film. Uh, (laughs) Yes. Heroin usage. Uh, Incest. (laughs) Yes, I do particularly love the scene, kind of. I do particularly love the scene like when uh, Eric gets shot in the hand. Yeah. Which was pretty cool special effect of the time. Um, when he's like, oh, he's been shot through the hand and he's just looking through his entire hand. I'm yeah. <laughs> just like, finds it as amusing as the guy who shot him, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then it starts healing up and he's like, <gasps> yeah. and then, yeah, and they just get shot again. But obviously, I mean, personally, if it was me and I'd shot a guy and his hand had healed in front of me, I think I'd, I know you keep shooting at him, but I'd be like, oh God, this isn't going to do anything, is it? <laughs> it's absolutely pointless. <laughs> I suppose, yeah, I suppose the logic that would be there, uh, you know, not that there's any logic at all with the, yeah, with the no. bad guys, but <laughs> you know, um, I think also it would just be the case that it would, um, Fear. <laughs> yeah, but it would like hold him off for a couple of seconds so they could maybe mm-hmm. run away. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there was no running away though, was there? Monty Python star, run away, run away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. So- but he dispatches Brand uh, Eric dispatches him and, <laughs> and drags like his bo- so the girl the the um he, the girlfriend uh, who's obviously a drug addict has gone into the um uh, has tried to hide away in the bathroom yeah and uh, he then obviously Eric drags the body of the guy he's killed into the bathroom uh, and s- sticks him in uh, the bath for some reason, with the shower running. Yeah, because that, that woman sure is actually um, Sarah's mum, isn't it's it? Sarah's mother, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. he, he basically he disarms her because she arms herself the straight razor, and he's then trying to, well, he basically, one of his magic powers is that, uh, it, you know, instead of Eric going around avenging, he could work in a drugs rehab place because yes. he has the ability to remove drugs from people's system. Which is both cool and gross at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. But he's like, he spares her life, doesn't he? Because he's like, you're supposed to, you know, what was this? What was the quote? It's something along the lines of um, Mm. 
mother is God on children's lips or something like that. Yeah, and heroin is the milk sort of thing that, like, I don't know, kills people or something. Yeah. <laughs> but I think- not, not, not only there, is there a message here about not killing people, there's a message about not doing drugs. Or drinking milk. <laughs> 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 but I think he was more trying to say, you know, you've got a kid at home. Go home and look mm. after your kid, you know. She's mm-hmm. she's more important than any of this. And yeah, and so she runs out in uh, Shima underwear, which is fair yeah. enough. Uh, <laughs> and Eric's looking at needles. And somehow, and I've never managed to work this one out, how on earth the guy running the pawn shop isn't dead. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's in a bar. He's been stabbed through that. The place has been set on fire and he's hanging out in a bar with a guy who played Candyman, yeah. who's just brilliant in this. <laughs> Very cool looking. Nice line of suits. He's got a burnt head as well, hasn't he? He's got like yeah. third degree burns on his head. Because <laughs> well, he managed to, he did manage to get out of the, the shop by the time, mm-hmm. I keep saying shop, but it's like porn shop, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. He did manage to get out of the shop just before it exploded so Mm -hmm. uh it was probably you know but yeah you're right he he definitely was um but he was the messenger wasn't he he wasn't the one that was supposed to die he just um, was unfortunate that he was involved you know by association really i suppose but it, but it is very cool when I'll just keep calling him Candyman because I've forgotten the character's name. He <laughs> he goes into the, the room and finds the guy plugged to the hilt with needles in the chest, uh, and like then just sees Eric go out the window <laughs> like which. Yeah. <laughs> he takes a very relaxed attitude to that. He just like shoot at him or <laughs> yeah. wonder why there's why there's a crow symbol drawn on the guy's chest. <laughs> yeah. Why there's a man going shh in the first yeah. place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like that's quite a comical relief part, isn't it, really? Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's gotta be some comic relief because this thing's so dark. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The thing is, as well, it's like normally with regards to, you know, film genres and stuff like that, I kind of go away from sort of action type films. Mm -hmm. But this film, for me, I know we're kind of going off topic slightly Mm -hmm. here, but but it's still on topic, obviously. But this, this film, as though it's got the action, it's got like action, it's got the drama. It's got the horror side of things, and it's also got the, like I said, the comical side of things, but it's also slightly comic book-y as well, mm-hmm. enough for me to sort of enjoy this film. If it was just pure action, then I might be having mm. a different conversation now. Yeah, this is definitely one of my favourite films. Sorry, I should have said that at the end, maybe, but I'm saying it now. And I also, for a, for a, a comedy kind of front, like the fact that when we cut to Ernie Hudson, he's for some reason in his T-shirt and underwear, <laughs> fair enough, but he's also wearing his policeman's hat still. So yeah. Is he, is he, is he, is there some, is a woman coming around? Is there some role play going on that we don't know about? <laughs> yeah. The fact that he, the fa- I mean, I'm starting to wonder if he's even a cop at all. No badge when he's out and about. He's just, yes. Is he a stripper? Could that be it? If we miss something out, is he a stripper in his spare time? <laughs> I think he could be. I definitely think he could be. Uh, yeah, because Eric sort of swings by, doesn't he? Swings by the apartment, mm-hmm. you know. 
I'm not sure if that's like the next scene or not. Oh no, it, we're pretty much there. Yeah, he swings by, and he like like the, the the he begins to discuss what you know. Well, he's telling him basically the the coming to the, con- the idea of the real reality of it. Yeah, and uh, he's nice. He gives him a beer. Um, yeah. <laughs> from his own fridge. I was yeah. really hoping Eric could drink that, actually. <laughs> but obviously, no, he just gives it to Ernie Hudson's character. And he, like, does a mind meld with him, doesn't he? So he gets a full flashback to what happened. Yes. Uh, and the whole outlay of it, uh, of what happened with Sally. Yeah. Yeah, which is quite a sad scene in itself, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's like, basically, because Officer Albright, you know, I'm going to call him that, but he's Ernie Hudson as well. So um, he stayed with uh, Shelley the entire yes. time. And he, although he said because he wanted to get a statement from her, I think it was actually because he actually gave a shit. You know, there's a couple yeah. of police officers in this film um, or cops or what, however what you want to call them. But um, th- there's a couple and one is a complete and utter asshole. And then you've mm-hmm. got Ernie Ernie Hudson's character who is just mm-hmm. he's doing his job but he also cares about his job as well mm-hmm. you know and that's that's what that kind of scene gave us I think as a knowledge that you know he mm-hmm. and also the fact that he did have his hat on it's almost like it's part of him so he probably mm-hmm. forgot that he actually had it on do you know what I mean it could well be that yeah yeah and after they've after I mean it's interesting that you then jump to like I'm gonna. It sounds a bit harsh. I'm gonna call Michael Wincott, who's the bag, the the supremo bad guy in this. He was like rent a villain yeah. uh, for films of the '90s. Because looking at him in this, I'm pretty sure that he just walked straight off the set of this film onto the set of Strange Days because he pretty much looks identical in both of them. <laughs> Same long wig, you know. Yeah. Clothing stuff. <laughs> I mean, maybe you did. Maybe you recorded at the same time. You know, so it, it's certainly possible. Don't change the wig, Michael. No need. Just. Alternate between sets will be fine. And I love just the don't fact that like, your dialogue up. Yeah, and I love the fact that I just said recorded rather than filmed. You know, I clearly it's, got recording it's, it's on the break. Good. But yeah, Mike. So we we then cut to the villain's lair, and well, I won't want to be the pawnbroker at this point. Uh, <laughs> but he, the, you know, it's interesting that you've got. Uh, uh, it's, is it, uh, what's the lady called? Micah. Uh, by, by, uh, yeah, Micah's character played by Byling. She's yeah. he's bit on the side. Uh, uh, but, but yeah, they also he's also his half sister as well. We need yeah, to point well, out. We can't cast aspersions about a film where they bring a ban- back from the dead. It's. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking that half sister when I was watching. Like what the? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's there's like this. There's this other girl that's kind of on the bed with them as well, isn't it? While mm-hmm. they're they're just doing their drugs. Yeah, that, that's earlier on. Yeah, and I'm trying to look out whether yeah. she died or not. It's really dark. But yeah, when they've got uh, the the you know uh, as every good villain has, as I'm sure is a normal thing, you know, uh, a, a a cupboard full of swords. You yeah, know, just you know, in the in the strange dark building they're in. I think I'm thr- I'm sorry though, but I think we can't overlook the eyeball scene. i'm sorry i'm sorry james but we have to go to the eyeball scene basically basically so micah um so the beer ling i think is how you said it um yeah so she 
she says that this um this girl that's laying dead on the bed is uh you know i i'm assuming it's a drug overdose is the reason mm-hmm. why she's dead but you know i don't i don't know maybe they fucked her to death i don't know <laughs> but um but anyway so she goes oh she's got such beautiful eyes and then she takes a knife and you know you don't actually see the fact that she cuts no. the eye out but, but then yeah, in a later yeah, in a later scene, she's like smoking this eye, and they're inhaling the um, the steam from the or the smoke from the um, the cooking eye, isn't it? <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you discussed that one because it's pretty pretty disgusting. But yeah, yeah it's uh, but yeah. Uh, again, don't ever become a prawn broker when you're around any of these people because you will come to a well. It's a, it's the the killing of him is overkill. You know, he stabs him through the throat. Yeah, <laughs> when he cuts character and then shoots him. Yes, because I'm sure having a knife rammed through your throat isn't enough to kill you, is it? No, no, no. <laughs> Someone on set must be shouting, "Ramp it up to 11. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, but. No, other than, you know, Eric doesn't just come back from the dead to avenge, you know, himself and his, his fiance. Oh no. He's also very nice and looks after the puddy cat still, like you said, you know, he's doing mm. his thing. Um, he, he keeps feeding the cat and he sits on the roof of the, <laughs> this just makes me laugh. So he sits on the roof playing a guitar with the crow sat there with him. Yeah. Would nobody else in the city be like, there's some weird guy? <laughs> on top of a building who looks really pasty <laughs> playing a guitar. Well, actually, where is this set, by the way? When or where? Where, where? I don't know off the top head, I'm afraid. I can't remember. Because, uh, yeah, because I was trying to, because uh, I was trying to find that out. And I mean, that's kind of got no relevance with the next thing that I'm going to say. But I just wonder, because it's a big city, at least. Detroit. It's, Sorry, it's, it's Detroit. It's Detroit. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Because I wasn't 100% like if it was maybe like New York, because most things are in New York, aren't they, to be honest, let's face it. Um, but that's actually quite cool in itself, that it's actually not in, it's not in, um, New York, it's in Detroit, you know, because obviously at the time, especially Detroit was kind of a real rundown place, wasn't it? I'm not sure well, exactly. It looks like it, it almost looks like Renter Gotham to me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Batman, it? It's like Renter Gotham set. But I have to ask though, you mm-hmm. know, with his amp that he obviously mm-hmm. had that plugged into his, uh, you know, into his electric guitar or ba- mm-hmm. uh, electric guitar, that um, where was the plug? I mean, is there a plug on the roof? <laughs> yeah. Well, I was also going to say it's a, 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 a decrepit, smashed-up building. Where's yeah. the power? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they just left the power running. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like you know, but you know, let's not overthink people, things. I guess, yeah. guys. I was say, people will be listening to this going. So let me get straight: you're picking logic holes in a film about someone being brought back from the dead with magical powers. <laughs> Yes, obviously. That kind of thing happens on a daily basis. Electricity does not. <laughs> mm, no, it's all just a myth. But yeah, yeah. They, they, we then cut to uh, this. Uh, I, I, I'm really jonesing on bad name stuff today, but one of the guys who's in the, the car uh, is. Uh, Was that T Bird? Yes, thank you. Yes, in his car, which also has a, I don't know, it's supposed to be T-Bird or sort of like Chrome motif, which I, I kind of like that they've done that. Yeah. 
bit obvious, but they've done that. He's having, he's, uh, they, at, he's, he's uh, in his car and he's going to, he, he's, uh, come on, brain. They're doing some sort of store robbery or something. Yeah. His pal's gone in, but, uh, the Draven is in the car and basically threat, uh, does he like mind control or threaten him or something or force him to drive it and then he ends up driving an attack and hitting one of his pals? Yeah, um, so what happens in that scene as well is that um, he, I think he's got a gun, um, mm-hmm. so yes. he's forcing him to drive. Yes, he holds him at gunpoint, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he does. And um, he's like, faster, faster, you know, sort of drive faster, faster. The police are obviously on the tail then. Um, and he um, obviously keeps going um, until he comes to like the waterfront. Uh, and they've managed to lose the police somehow. I can't remember exactly how that happened. Well, well, they have to have, I made a note of the two bumbling police officers scene where, you know, they go after the car and one of them actually has to spill coffee. On them, <laughs> yes. So, you know. Coffee and donuts moment there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah can't, you know, let's stick with a, a trope that we all know, but yeah, he's chasing <laughs> the chase. The police are chasing him down and then he basically, uh, you know, it's going on and on, and then he, he like, it's a they lose the police, but it's the way he kind of. I think it's a really cool thing. He like tapes him to the seat, doesn't he, of the car, yeah. and then has it, uh, it. Does he stick a grenade in the car with him? He sticks. Yes, I think it's a grenade, and then he obviously puts a rock on the um, accelerator yeah. as well, doesn't it? A, 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 a brick. It's all bu- there's all bombs and things in. So he gets the car to drive off the edge of the pier into the water. And, but also, of course, has to explode in the process. Obviously, Eric felt that, you know, just having driving off and drowning wasn't enough. Uh, <laughs> and had to have the thing exploding as well. But this is viewed by somebody else, isn't it? The guy's pal. Yeah, I think. The little pal. I think, uh, I think his name is Skank. Maybe. Yeah. Sounds about right. Sounds about yeah. right. I'm just going to click on the name a minute because I've got the names up in front of me. So I'm just going to click on the name and see if it was, uh, you know, if I see a picture of, oh, of course, naturally he hasn't got a picture of him. But that's, that's okay. <laughs> but I'm pretty certain it is yeah. him because those two were going, fire it up, fire it up, fire it up. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I was just doing the gun signal in in my hand as well. So there we go. Excellent. <laughs> and I, I do I do love the fact that obviously we then cut to the grave of Eric. Uh, that's that's been you know it's it's open, it's mm. uh, empty, and uh, you know the uh, Candyman actor is there looking at it. Uh, the fact that nobody else seems to have sort of twigged that there's a giant open grave is you know by the by yeah uh, but uh, and i love the fact they were then cutting to show that the the um uh it's uh, sarah yeah uh, her mum uh is now uh you know darla has now returned to normalcy and he's wearing a lovely clean nice robe and cooking eggs for breakfast never mind the fact that the entire apartment looks like a bomb site yeah <laughs> although to be fair their apartment is actually pretty clean for a let's let's say around 10 year old girl to have kept clean because okay fair enough yeah fair enough yeah because i mean she's she's around that age isn't she i'd say so um you know but yeah, it's just because she she's basically had to look after herself completely, hasn't she? So Sarah, that's true. 
Well, I'm yeah. A, yeah, well, I'm a absolutely drugged to the eyeballs. Yes, that's a fair. Okay, we'll give her a tick in the box on that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, it, you know, we, we see the police, the further investigation by the police, and then you see the, the, uh, the nice situation of, um, <clears throat> excuse me, of, uh, Sarah reuniting with Eric. Uh, yes. I like the fact that she just has no problems, like, you know, going around some weird, creepy, dilap- dil- dilapidated building. Yeah. And reunites with him. Yeah, which is a lovely scene in itself as well. Because there is a, a lot of like feels with this film. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of feel factor. Um and you know, it's it's like she said, I knew it was you. You know, I knew yeah. it was you when you said um, it doesn't always rain or it's, it can't always rain or something. It was a lyric from his song anyway. And, uh, yeah. And, and yeah, God, cause Eric, Eric has these nice, like flashback moments, doesn't he? Of when things were nice and normal and yeah. Cause he saves her. I think it was a bit earlier on, but he saves her from getting run over by a van as well. Doesn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not all sunshine and roses. Not even for the lovely white cat, which remains miraculously clean living in that <laughs> <laughs> building. Although, although life does get a little bit better because Sarah gets given the cat. So, well, um, that's true. Yeah. So at least but it's got a new home. The thing that I can't get my head around this film is they all live in like what look like pretty horrible, you know, like the, the, where the bad guys are all like dressed pretty immaculate, apart from the really skeevy ones. Yeah, uh, they're all in like these really knackered looking old buildings. <laughs> And warehouses. Yeah. <laughs> um, the bad guy dresses like he should be. Uh, his entire style's just like, I don't, I can't get my head around it. <laughs> I don't know what he's going for. <laughs> <laughs> what the. Gloves, um, weird, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Michael Wink, top dollar. I yeah, can't understand dollar. his clothing style in this. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I suppose, again, it's all the leather, isn't it? And it's just, you know, to sort of give the, uh, you know, the, what does a bad man look like or what does the bad guy yeah. look like? Dress him in leather and then that will do kind of thing, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, this film could be set now in some respects because I assume these people can't afford to pay the lighting bill because every yeah. time you see them, they're in like <laughs> these dark <laughs> buildings <laughs> with, with only a few lights on, but obviously a very low wattage. Yeah, but their office is actually above a nightclub, isn't it, basically? And there's like always bands playing. Which That's true. I love the music side of things mm. from this film as well, which we'll get onto maybe a bit later. But um, yeah, this was definitely my cup of tea with the music. But yeah, all this, you know, the, all the, because this is a, the point when um, they're having a big meeting, aren't they? At their yes. big table. Their evil lair. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Skank is there, who's been a little bit beaten up himself. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah. He's he's just like, oh, he's coming for me. So he's drinking heavily because he knows that the next person that Eric is coming for is him. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously all of his other mates have been killed that were involved in the rape and killing of uh, mm-hmm. him and uh, Shelley so um, Eric and Shelley sorry so yeah so he's in a he's in a right state but they just don't seem to care because he's a 
he's probably well, he's the ha- he's just hired help, isn't he? Basically, yeah. So he probably. <laughs> well, <laughs> to, to be fair, when <coughs> sorry, go on. I was going to say just quickly to quote Anne Robinson, he's the weakest link. Goodbye. <laughs> he certainly is. Yeah, but obviously he goes to the really cool element. They're all in their their skeevy dark boardroom that probably is full of dust, smell, and horrible smelly stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and Eric appears. Yes, and it and it's kind of weird if you think about the way he the in you know going into looking at reality for a minute that he got that he was shot and killed filming something that's far earlier in the film with one shot from mm. that gun, but the scene where he's out where you know the character is absolutely blasted to pieces was not something that killed him because you know that there's quite a lot of obviously guns being used in that scene firing blanks etc. Yeah, uh, but yeah, they they really. Uh, you know, unload on him. Yeah. And obviously assume they've, they've killed him. I mean, the message is clearly not getting through to these people that for all the people that keep trying to kill Eric, he's not dead. <laughs> exactly. You think somewhere the message would come, they'd be like going, but we keep trying to shoot him. All the other guys have tried to shoot him and it's not working. But no, no they, they still think they're going to be able to finish him off. And, uh, you know, this bailing even tries to, to grab the, the crow, but, Obviously, that isn't going to happen. But yeah, it's a very, God, excuse me, it's a very cool shootout scene. Yes. And we go into almost what would you say the uh, the the um, the style of shooting you got with? Oh God, what's the director called? John Woo. You know, double-handed gun scenes yeah. and slow motion, like bad boys and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah kind of thing. <laughs> if, if if I'd see, wait, where for this one scene, I'd, I'd be asking if John Woo direct. If I saw uh, some doves flying around then you'd think John Woo directed this scene. But yeah, you could definitely see for the shootout, it's either be directed by Michael Bay or John Woo, but it's very cool. And yeah. basically Eric is just taking the entire gang apart piece by piece shooting them. Yes, he is. And like Skank is one of the last ones to go, isn't he? He is. And yeah. I'm sure isn't there a guy who's like in his underwear in there as well? That might actually be there was just one guy where I'm sure in like one shot it looked like he's wearing like weird underwear with like hearts on it, but I might have imagined that. So. No, I mean, <laughs> you've got a crazy imagination if that's the case. <laughs> I don't remember, but I'm not saying it's not true. So, um, yeah, I just don't remember that bit. But, um, I mean, otherwise, James has clearly got a deranged uh, thoughts <laughs> of men in their underwear with hearts on. <laughs> I can't disagree with the fact that I've not gone deranged. So, yeah, yeah, it's certainly possible that I just mistook something I was looking at as that. So yeah. maybe I should have a flashback to the start of Lethal Weapon 4 or something. Maybe. Um, but then equally, it might have been in that scene as well because I might just have missed it or just not paid attention to it or whatever. So, uh, you know, I'm not disputing it wasn't there, but I'm just saying that if it wasn't there and people know for a fact it wasn't there, then we need to know what's going on yeah. in James's brain. <laughs> Alternatively, I'm just now having like visual hallucinations of things that aren't happening. But yeah, he does. He takes out Skank and he there's a really cool helicopter rooftop chase where the police are trying to, to catch Eric and he's leaping from rooftop to rooftop. Yeah. And uh, yet again, Ernie Hudson's character is, is probably off the clock at this point. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's following him in the car. <laughs> Yeah, but still got his hat on. He, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of very cool special effects because like Eric launches himself off a, off a, a roof, doesn't it? I remember he like um, 
Uh, he then later on, when he's invaded, all the police meets up with uh, Sarah. Yes, Sarah's, the character of Sarah. I wonder. I was going to say as well. I wonder how much of it was special effects, or whether mm-hmm. Bruce Lee. Um, sorry, Brandon Lee got the wrong Lee there. Um, just launched him off, so, no, <laughs> off I, the top of things. Yeah, but I wonder if he, because he has got the martial arts experience yes. and he did you know like at the beginning there i did say that he d- he was like a martial arts cho- choreographer mm-hmm. choreographer thank you <laughs> words just didn't want to come out of my mouth then <laughs> that um yeah i wonder if he did do some of the the scenes himself you know it wouldn't the, surprise me yeah it wouldn't surprise me. I also find it interesting, correct me if I'm wrong, but just like as the film's going on, isn't Eric like wrap, wrapping himself up with masking tape? Or like his clothes? I'm sure he is because like he's been that pumped full of bullets. I'm sure there's parts of it where it looks like someone's just been like using black duct tape on him. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> because cause I know that he has got a lot of holes in because I noticed that there's a lot of holes in his clothing where like bullets have gone through. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, maybe to I don't know to keep the keep it making it look keep like it was real. I don't know. Yeah, we won't kink shame him if no. that's what he wants to do. <laughs> yeah, that's but, fine. I mean, he used a lot of masking tape in the car scene, didn't he? So you know, that's true. He yeah. could have just taken that and uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I didn't think of that taking taking a black sharpie to it. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just paint on your skin a minute hold on <laughs> but yeah he he, he sees Shelley because uh, sorry they're, they're in the graveyard aren't they uh, which is where uh, she, it is Shelley isn't it yeah mm-hmm. where Shelley would be buried so they have a nice little uh, reunion there and he gives her a uh, necklace uh, uh, no sorry that was Sarah no Sarah sorry yeah that's okay but, Sa- uh, Shelley was um, his fiance. Yeah, but she, but yeah, so they're in the graveyard and she obviously leaves to go and lo and behold, the bad guys find her. Yeah. And she's leverage for them to get Eric. Again, I am amused. I like the fact they're spending all the time to try and kill Eric, but you know, it ain't going to work, people. Have you yes. not learned anything so far? <laughs> <laughs> but they've also kind of, because of uh, Micah, they have... Mm worked out though that the crow is probably the thing that's keeping him alive alive yeah yeah so that's a little snippet as to what we're moving on to at this point mm-hmm. so because he's also he goes to shelly's grave doesn't he yes uh and he's got some some flowers there uh he's at the grave but yeah that it's a it's uh, we're, you know moving it as the film moves along it moves to a very cool scene with guns and uh, laser sighting and all cool stuff like that in the church where they're mm-hmm. going to, to to try and finish Eric off. Um, and the crow is just, as you said, the, the crow, the use of the crow becomes ever more, you know, ever more uh, visible in the film. So you can see through the eyes of the crow uh, what what's happening, what's going to happen. But yes, we get to the, the wonderful standoff scene of uh, Eric's character, and um I keep just calling him Michael Winkup, but it is Top Dollar, the ultimate yep. bad guy. They come to their standoff. Again, uh, I'm sure Michael Winkup thinks that he's in some sort of possible samurai film because he's walking around with a sword. Yes. But yeah, he still decides to, to try and shoot him. And again, I'm, I'm highly amused by the fact they just spend the time shooting him when it isn't going to do anything. <laughs> well, it's kind of because... um 
what's happened is one of the other baddies, so, don't know, he wasn't the main character, so don't really know who he was, but um, he'd actually shot the crow. Mm-hmm. So that meant oh, yes, then right. that Eric yeah, was yeah. weaker. Um, yeah. So he could be hurt at that point. So, you know, yes. he realised that he couldn't heal up anymore, you know. Um, yeah, she gives him a kick in. And uh, obviously, you're right, yeah, either they're going to try and kill the crow. Yeah. Uh, it's the Candyman's, uh, again, apologies, but I'll just keep calling him Candyman. Candyman is about to try and kill the crow. And all looks lost because Eric's had a kick in his saw, but oh no. Uh, Winston Zedmore, sorry, I mean Ernie Hudson comes in to save the day. <laughs> and we get another another extreme firefight. We do, yeah. I Cause, sorry, just jumping back, just jumping back because uh, it, just because the Ghostbusters thing that I love the bit in the palm. He goes, "Are you are you a ghost?" <laughs> yes, <laughs> it would have been amazing if it had said, "I'm afraid of no ghost." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then Dan like, "I'm suing you." <laughs> 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 but yeah, that would have been amazing. <laughs> the entire might of the Ackroyd brings down the entire production. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not the death of the leading actor, but no. you know, just because financially, one line was said. Fi- yeah, financially, <laughs> Ackroyd destroys them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, so basically there's this amazing fight scene and Sarah is hanging off the roof at one point as well, mm-hmm. um, which she's got incredibly strong fingertips, I have to say, because she was hanging there for quite a long time. Um, and But she didn't do the girly thing of saying, oh, Eric, help me. She just, she just, she? She just yeah. sat there, you know, she just waited. Well, she's, she's been gagged as well, so... I thought she. So, oh, I thought no. There's there's a point earlier on when she's been gagged, but uh, yeah. obviously Eric, you know, is is going to try and save her. And I'm looking at a picture from this, and yeah, definitely is masking taped up. Okay. Um, he's covered in masking tape, <laughs> uh, duct tape. Um, James but, just wanted to make sure he's now also googling yeah. if there was a man with heart shaped pants on. Yeah. Can't, can't, I can't find an answer to that one, and I'm getting some very weird search results. So, <laughs> just that I don't want to see ever again. <laughs> but you're right, yeah. So it goes to when that you're right about the hanging on with the fingertips thing because yeah. they end up having a very Highlander style fight on the roof with swords, don't yes. they? Which, to be honest, probably explains Top Dollar's entire thing. Yeah. Someone in the production was pretty good, right? Can we make this look like Highland? They've both got long hair. Let's have them fight. Yeah. Can, can we stretch to lightning? No, we can't stretch to lightning, right? We'll just have it chucking it down all the time. We'll have them fighting on a rooftop. Yeah. Sold. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's a sword and a uh, roof antenna, uh, in, or whatever the word is. Um, it's a, basically because... Uh, what I'm trying to say is that Eric has uh, like ripped something off the roof, hasn't he, mm-hmm. as a sword? So, uh, yeah. like almost it's a cross or whatever, you know, something off the church. There's a, coo- a cool nod to the to the comment that you remind him of about you know losing an eye mm. uh, and smoking an eye. Uh, Bailing's character, uh, well, let's put it this way: the crow does what a crow is very good at and pecks yes. her eye out, doesn't it? Uh, and she then falls down the belfry. So, yes. Where poor Erdie stuck at the bottom. 
<laughs> yeah, because he's been shot, hasn't he? Yes. So yeah, he's being uh, yeah he's being good. He's just sitting there waiting for somebody to uh, come get him. But uh, yeah, probably kicking himself that he can't you know he can't actually help but there you go mm-hmm. <laughs> although he's probably safer at the bottom than he is at the top because as we we re, we you know as the fight has gone on and yeah uh eric has rather like wolverine survived being run through uh he then takes his revenge on top dollar and like does the weird mind meldy shit doesn't he and shows yeah. and well he sees the death of his uh fiance and then pushes uh top dollar off the roof you know again wonderful 90s dramatic uh special effects fashion yeah <laughs> <laughs> but he, he but he and he does save uh he does save uh sarah doesn't he who was he said he must have the strongest how old is she like 12 she must have the strongest arms ever <laughs> yeah yeah exactly well i i i don't know how old she is actually like i guess that 10 earlier but yeah she could definitely be 12 um so so she's she's a of, child anyway. Yeah. yeah. So she's she's no older than 12. That's definite. But um, but I think also she appears older because she's had to grow up so quickly because That's she had to true. look after herself. So <laughs> she could even be eight. But she's, but she's never, ever forgotten arm workout day, clearly. No, no, exactly. Exactly. And But what, what I was trying to say earlier as well is um, that, uh, what I did like was the fact that mm-hmm. she wasn't there sort of screaming, Eric, help me, Eric, help me. She was actually just defending herself. You know, that kind mm-hmm. of shows the character that she is rather mm-hmm. than being a typical female in an action film that always goes, oh, my God, I'm going to die. Help me. You know, whereas he actually was obviously in the middle of something. She realized that and then she needed to just shut the fuck up and wait for him to help her. <laughs> Mm. But yeah, and then the the he he saves her, gets her off the ledge, and then yep. uh, they go down again. I'm having a Batman flashback moment, but they go down the old belfry, uh, yep. and and reunite with uh, with Ernie Hudson's character, who's looking a bit worse for wear. Yeah, uh, the, the exchange of uh, smoking happens which again date to film sites you're not allowed to see smoking or anything anymore <laughs> no no exactly he's, he's like he's gonna give up that shit isn't he yeah because yeah, yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> apparently now we wouldn't even, <laughs> no now we wouldn't even be able to have a cigarette <laughs> in the in scenes would you banned i, I don't know is, is smoking completely banned in films it's get it is if it's believe it or not if it's a disney film mm-hmm or a film that's owned by Disney, you are not allowed now to show any smoking at all in it. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. which was going on to a superhero tangent for a, mm-hmm. a second. When they made the Wolverine, they couldn't show him smoking. Oh. They, they could show him uh, in Logan. He's seen to grab cigars, but he's never allowed to be seen smoking them. Oh, okay. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, I, suppose, I suppose that helps to stop glorifying smoking yeah. at least anyways it, isn't it, it? It, it it's all right that you know stabs people through the head and kills people <laughs> but you can't have smoking you can also have so you can have violence and sex scenes but smoking no <laughs> not even in an 18 film no no smoking <laughs> well yeah fair enough <laughs> close through the head fine <laughs> not a problem <laughs> make it a pg <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> smoking no x-rated yeah yeah definitely <laughs> but uh to digress so yeah 
good good old Ernie has survived. He's probably a bit worse aware, but the you know he's uh he, he survived. He's done yeah. okay. He's probably as I feel you know, but Eric, bless him, in his uh you know duct taped bullet holed clothing has dragged <laughs> his sore battered body to Shelley's gravestone. Yeah. And he's looking, he's looking a bit worse for wear. You can tell because his makeup started to run. <laughs> yeah. I was quite impressed, actually. I was thinking I'd like to invest in that makeup because, you know, clearly it doesn't run very, uh, very much. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, because all the rain, because it was raining yeah. literally all the time. And, uh, yeah, he still looked pretty good. So. <laughs> yeah, you would think with the level of rain this was set in Seattle, but clearly not. No. Um, but yeah, so Ernie is, is loaded back onto the old, um, into, well, not, not loaded back on, he's loaded into a uh, ambulance mm-hmm. to, to increase his chance of survival so he can be uh, uh, saved. And, uh, well, Eric's basically finally shuffling off the mortal coil. But wait, he sees the, I assume, the ghost I'm thinking of uh, Shelley. Shelley, is it? Yeah, ghost. Yeah. Or, I don't know. Is it a ghost? Has she come back? She's not a zombie, is she? So, no, no. I think I think it's probably it's to symbolise that you know she's come back, and yeah. maybe he was like a lost soul that he. Yeah. You know, he couldn't find his way because of the... Actually, that's what's said at the very beginning, isn't it? That sometimes Mm -hmm. a terrible thing happens, that the soul is lost and then it's brought Mm -hmm. back, you know, so that's... And obviously she's gone to heaven, which I'm assuming is because she's all in white and stuff. So she's probably just turned up to actually bring him to heaven, you know? Help him pass to the other side without problem. Yeah, and then so they're reunited. They vanish, and then it cuts to his grave is is filled again. Don't know if yep. someone's done that or it just magically happens. Just magically and the crow happens. La- yeah, <laughs> the crow lands with a ring, with the the ring, and the ring is is collected by um, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. That's yes. right. And then we we see a lovely model shot. <laughs> <laughs> The CGI crow or something, or a green screen crow flying off as everything yeah. has been righted and, and returned back to what it was. Yeah. And if you like this film, don't watch any of the sequels. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <until> diminishing returns. <laughs> yeah, absolutely agree with that. Absolutely. But I quite like the shots of, um, you know, like how they did the like initial shot when they came mm-hmm. in, which was, it was the viewpoint of the crow. You know, mm-hmm. like the filming of it, you know, you looked like mm-hmm. you were actually flying with the crow mm. kind of thing. And, and at the end, they repeated that same sequence. So I quite like that as well. Um, and just quickly as well, Ernie Hudson um, managed to, with the with the horrible cop, he he got to say the sentence of, uh, well, again, it's not it's not verbatim, but, you know, something along the lines of you missed all the action. You know, kind of thing. It's all up there. You know, you can pick up the bodies now. You know, kind of thing, because because uh, obviously Top Dollar had been had been killed, and he was obviously trying to catch him or something. So, and, yeah. and, and with the end of the film, Michael Wincott was hosed down and shuffled off to the set of Strange Days. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> And I was going to ask you as well, out of all of the mm-hmm. kill scenes, what mm-hmm. was your one of your favourite ones? 
just for the fact that they got him in the end, I kind of like the fact that the top dollar was killed and mm-hmm. also the cheesy falling backwards special effect. Uh, yeah, and the cool on the roof fight, I enjoyed that. So what about you? My one is the one in the car. So, you know, for... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, for... Yeah. T-bird was it? Um, yeah. So I just, I, I just, yeah, definitely, I'd love that one. Um, yeah, I just think it was really sort of dramatic and stuff like that. But at the same time, you know, it was also quite, quite a fun scene for a dramatic yeah. scene, if that makes sense. So very true. Yeah, very true. Yeah. So if you, if you to discuss the crow as we have them as our as our Halloween, uh, Halloween Halloween episode yep. how did how you obviously have mentioned you're a fan of this so how what would you give it out of 10 out of 10 wow mm. i think i'm going to have to go full stars to be honest mm. um cuz i just i mean obviously Looking at it, as you know, it was 1994, so the you know the graphic side of things weren't fantastic, but for the time they were, and mm-hmm. the storyline is uh, brilliant as well. But I don't, I always, I always fear as though you you can't fully give a whole mark for something if mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So I'm going to give it nine because there's always room for improvement, um, but I can't give it any less than that because let's face it. A bloody guy, uh, well, not a bloody guy, but a guy died to actually do this film, you know. So, uh, at least they left that film, that shooting part. Well, that's a bad wording, isn't it? What they could have it, yeah. Yeah. What they could have it. But no, what I was going to say was at least they, um, left that, that bit of filming until Mm. towards the end, because that would have been awful, Mm. wouldn't it? The the question I ask on this sort of film as a controversial point is Mm. would it have been as successful if he hadn't died? And I doubt it would have done. I think it would have probably flown under the radar a bit. It probably yeah. would have done okay at the box office, but I think it got the extra push of success uh, due to the tragedy thing that happened. Because I think I honestly do believe it's not. It's not a bad film. It's not in my top ten. Uh, I give it sort of a seven or an eight. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I think it has aged as as a piece, but I do honestly feel that if he'd survived he would have gone on to much greater and bigger things i'm sure but i think yeah. it probably would have been like one of these well it's okay you know it's done all right as a film it's it, it's okay but i think it did it did definitely um from the tragedy of that it profited from that in some respects but it wasn't a huge box office smash that's for sure um it would be interesting to see if he hadn't died if he would have done any sequels and they had done sequels if it would have been with him because the as logically because they couldn't use him the sequels change and you're getting really weird stuff like eddie furlong was in one of them and yeah, yeah. very odd odd run on them yeah i've never actually watched the sequels i've just heard they're so bad that i just decided that i can't waste my time watching them <laughs> so you're missing nothing i didn't think nothing. it would be <laughs> <laughs> I just but, thought uh, we we just instead of stars we should have given squawks, shouldn't we? <laughs> Squawk! How many? How many? Or, or the the feathers in a wing? Yes. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'm I'm really glad that we got to discuss this film because it is mm-hmm. it's an interesting one. It's uh, I am highly amused by the fact still that they're all hanging around in these really dilapidated looking buildings, supposedly like huge 
you know, criminal people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it only took us watching three films to get to this film and it took us three attempts to record this episode as well. So um, <laughs> we did, we've done really well, actually, now. <laughs> we have, we. It, you, tadpoles, you have no idea how tough this one has been to actually, to actually manage to get to do. Yeah. So we have done well. Originally, this was going to be Phantasm 1, wasn't it? Um, but then my yeah. dvd player conked out um mm -hmm. and i'm not sure if the region of the dvd is actually uh, you know able to be played on it anyway but i will watch it and we will review it at some point mm -hmm. then we watched another film which i've forgotten what it was uh, it was called things seen and heard wasn't it or something i don't know if you watched yes, it. I did. yes no i did i did i yeah. saw that one yeah, so that was going to be our second option. And then we decided that we, because that wasn't spooky enough, we decided that The Crow was the one we were going to go for. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it, The other one wasn't scurrying weird enough, so we went with yeah. The Crow, which isn't particularly scary, but he's weird and spooky and halloween yeah. So, yeah, good choice. And definitely good based choice. At, and based at Halloween as well, isn't it? So Yes, yes, yeah. it certainly is. But no, it's uh, again, it's not. I don't dislike the film, but I think it. It's one of these ones where I suspect because of what happened around it, it builds, mm -hmm. it's had more built up around it and more kind of, um, uh, reverence than you, it would yeah. have originally got. But hey, that's, that's not a problem. It's, it's a, a nice, uh, nice thing to, for the man to have his name to. So it's a, it's a good piece. Yeah. So at least it was a success because I'm, mm -hmm. yeah, like you said, it wasn't, a, it wasn't necessarily a success when it was released, um, mm -hmm. like at the cinema and stuff. But I think that was because Param Paramount, like I said earlier, Paramount, uh, didn't want to release it much because of obviously the, the controversy behind it. They, well, they, they were, didn't they? Miramax took it on. So it became a Miramax distributed film. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. Cause that's what mm -hmm. yeah, it was at the beginning, wasn't it? <laughs> so I, I still stand by, you know, I'm sort of leaning towards maybe going down a little bit mm -hmm. lower, but I think I'm still going to stick with a nine. Yeah. Well, uh, yep, that's fair enough. So I'll go with a seven or eight. And what I will say is if you ever feel like you need to punish yourself for anything, <laughs> whack the sequels on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But listen to this podcast first, you know, because yeah. you know, oh, we might punish you too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I would say, Gemma, we've been talking of spooky Halloweeny, Halloweeny celluloid codswell for this episode. We have. So I just want to, I just want to say a huge thank you for sitting down with me and reviewing this uh, and suggesting it as well it was a very good suggestion because it's what i've not seen for a very long time yeah so thank you for that you're you're absolutely welcome you know even though this is your side baby you know yeah <laughs> but um you know i obviously i always have an input you know i always like to have me uh put my foot you're in don't in. i <laughs> yeah. so so on that on that note on that celluloid codform note i have been james I have been Gemma. Have fun, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's a wrap. <laughs> I'm going to keep trying to, to get that in. <laughs> a duct tape wrap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>